You're listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with Barbara Cameron. Hello. (laughs) Ready to splash a little love, laughter, and encouragement to hopefully rehydrate your soul. I'm so excited about this guest, buddy, because I've told you about her. You have. I haven't met her. (sighs) And she's remote right now. She's in Dallas, Texas. I tried to fly her here, but she's way too popular. Um, But but please, please, welcome to the Splash Zone this morning, Sheila Walsh. Hey, girls. It's so good to be with you. Oh, my gosh. Just her accent alone. I know. I'm like, read me a bedtime story. (laughs) But then... And she can sing. Yes, You're a triple can. threat. You can act, sing, dance. You can do it all, Sheila. Mm. But I remember oh. actually the first day that I met you, I was doing a conference. Um, she was the headliner, of course. And so I'm in the front row. And she starts to share a story. And buddy, when I tell you, I mean, she doesn't talk about fillet yourself open. Mm-hmm. She doesn't hold anything back. Wow. Um, not only well, does God she not hold right you know, the God's word, but also right. the, the truth of her story, which some of you listeners don't even know yet. But what's crazy is she ends her speaking <laughs> with a song. Oh, <laughs> no. Four chairs turn. You'd win the whole voice, Sheila. Just think if you go back to your 20s. I know you say that in one of your videos on your life. If I could go back to my 20-year-old self, yeah, if I knew you at 20, I'd put you on the voice. That's what I'd do. Oh, that's sweet. You get to know Jesus later, but let's let's win the voice first. No, just kidding. Just kidding. But oh my gosh. And I asked her today before we leave, when we're finishing the splash zone, we're going to have her take us out with a little music. I want to remind our listeners, some people will say to me, Shalene, why splash? And I feel like we're all in a little bit of a drought. Mm. We can get a little dehydrated in our life. Maybe Mm -hmm. not in our whole life, but maybe in a relationship or in a dream that we have or in with our kids or in a marriage or whatever it might be. And today's guest is going to splash you with a tidal wave of encouragement. And I, her new book, Mm. (laughs) the title of her new book, It's Okay Not to Be Okay. Isn't that great? Everybody answers it like that, don't they, Sheila? You're like, how are you doing? Good. Okay. I'm okay. I know. Yeah. No, that's so true. And inside they're kind of dying. Right. Right. Mm. (sighs) Ah. I feel like God has given you not only this ability as a Bible teacher, but you're able to like look and a best-selling author and a singer and all of that in a bag of chips. But you're able to look deeply into people um, because people in your book lines and stuff, they like tell you things. Well, I think that's because I think to the level that we are open with those around us it really kind of gives them an opportunity to be open with us. Mm. I mean, I, I know that the people I have gained the most from, I mean, I think of like my friend, Johnny Erickson Tata. Mm. Yes. And, you know, not only have I read her books, which are amazing, but I've, I've sat with her, where it's just the two of us, mm. um, where she is in tears, but can't wipe her face and talking about mm. how much she loves Christ, but she's still in pain. Mm. And it's the people who who admit that life is not okay, you know, who do struggle and who do fight for their faith that really touched me the deepest. Mm. Mm. You know, Barbara's granddaughter actually works mm-hmm. for at Johnny, Johnny Erickson, mm-hmm. Johnny and mm-hmm. Friends here in wow, Westlake wow. Village by us. So had you flown out, I could have taken you over for a field trip. <laughs> oh, I would have loved that. <laughs> you know, but back to that, I mean, isn't she, I mean, the most beautiful example mm. of admits her circumstance yeah. She praises, 
Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knows it's so temporary. And I think a lot of us beat ourselves up um, not being okay. Mm-hmm. You said, and I think, yeah. yeah. We kind of think that we're, I mean, I, I spent the first 30 years of my life really doing that, just trying to be good enough for God, mm-hmm. because I thought that my God's heart towards me would be impacted by my behavior um, before him. Mm. And it took me a long time to realize that, you know, I don't need to pursue perfection. I can pursue Christ who is perfect. You just get to show up. You get to be loved the way you are. Mm-hmm. That's great. Oh, yeah, just receive yeah, that, right? right? Exactly. That's it. Drop the mic. Right. I mean, that's it. Can you go back and share, though, Sheila, with our listeners a little bit about your story? Um, Because it's pretty crazy. I didn't know it when I met you. And I had seen you on the 700 Club and I had seen you on magazine covers and I had seen you on things, but I had never heard a message. I had never read a book and I had never known your story. So would you share with our listeners? I'd I'd love to. I mean, I was probably can tell by my accent. I was born in a little fishing town on the west coast of Scotland. I love it. And I was... I know, and I was born into a Christian family, which would not be unusual here in the States. But in Scotland, less than 2% mm. of our population mm-hmm. even go to church. Wow. I so to have a mum and, yeah, really small. So to have a mum and, mom and dad who loved Jesus was amazing. And I was very much a daddy's girl. You know, I was a tomboy and I just thought there was no one on the planet like my father. And, but when I was five, my dad had a massive brain aneurysm that mm. changed his personality. And he went from being this loving, wonderful, fun, safe dad to a confusing and ultimately violent stranger. And the last time I ever looked in my dad's eyes, it was turning just in time to see that he was about to bring his cane down in my skull. And I don't know if I pushed it or I pulled it away, but he fell and lay on the ground, just roaring like an animal. And I remember looking in his eyes and there was such a look of absolute hatred. And mm-hmm. he was taken off that day to what was then called our local lunatic asylum. Mm-hmm. But he managed to escape one night, and he drowned himself in the river behind the hospital. <gasps> what? Which just left, yeah, it just left me with this huge, what did my dad see in me that made him hate me? I didn't understand as a child. Wait, how about old his were you? Injury. I was five. <gasps> Sheila, oh, shut up. Goodness. Oh, my God. So it, it just... So when I gave my life to Christ when I was 11, I remember being told that I had a heavenly father. So I thought, okay, I've got one more chance to get it right. Oh. Whatever my earthly dad saw in me, my heavenly father, well, I'm going to be the perfect Christian if it kills me. Mm. And it nearly did. Wow. I missed that part. I heard the part when you were hiding in the Christian Christianese, you know, world. So now well, yeah, I jump to that because that's what I heard. I didn't realize this dad story. Yeah, I mean, there's something, I think when we go through pain in childhood, you know, the abuse, my abuse was physical abuse, my father hitting me. But some people, it's sexual abuse or verbal abuse. And when you don't know what to do with the pain and the shame, we find some place to hide. Sometimes we use money. We'll just try and look better on the outside so mm. we feel better on the inside. Or we use mm. drugs or alcohol. But I found the perfect place to hide, Christian ministry. Because mm. who's going to say to me, put down that Bible or, you know, no more second things <laughs> for you, lady. <laughs> wow. Get out of Proverbs right away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but my God's gosh. the only one if, who knows whether we're serving out of pain or out of passion. Mm. So what happened? So no one, I mean, you're, you're killing it on the 700 Club, but you're, you're in all this deep, deep depression. And desperately lonely. 
Mm. I kept such a wall up around my life. You know, it's possible to be very well known and desperately alone. Mm. I wouldn't let anybody get close to me in case you saw whatever it was my dad saw. But after, I mean, that worked until it didn't. One day on, after five years co-hosting the 700 Club, a guest one morning just turned the tables on me and instead of answering my question, she said, well, how are you doing? And she meant it so kindly, but I didn't have time to pull my wall up. And I did what I promised I would never do on Christian television. I started to cry and I could not pull myself together. And by that evening, I was in the locked ward of a psychiatric hospital. Wow. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And how but it was one of God's greatest gifts to me. It was one of the kindest things that God has ever done. Because I felt that everything, like I'm on the 700 Club, I'm telling people about Jesus, I'm answering mail, I'm first there in the morning, I'm last to leave at night, God must be happy with me. But when I ended up in a place where I had nothing left to commend myself, I mean, they even take away your hair drying, your makeup, nothing you can hide behind. I discovered that God lives very close to the floor. When you're broken, he is right there. She was like in a prison, just like Mm. when we went to prison, those women there. Yeah. This was her prison. She's everything stripped away. But I often say, I, I believe that God took me to a prison to set me free. Yes. Amen. Ah. Mm. Oh, Sheila. What, what year was that? That was 1992. Yeah. See, I've met, when I met Sheila, she's, you know, her husband, Barry, and her son, Christian, and your cute three dogs. I mean, this is, <laughs> so you come, what happens in there? Well, I mean, I was there for a month and it really was, it was just the kind of stripping away of everything I'd ever thought was true and and really bringing my shame to Christ and letting him love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I didn't know what to do after that. Pat Robertson from the 700 Club was so kind. He said, if you want to come back or if you want to go to Regent University and work there for a while. But I said, no, I actually, I want to go back to seminary because I went when I was 19. And basically, I think now I went trying to learn everything I could do to be a better Christian. And I thought, I want to go back. So I went to Fuller Seminary because I thought, no, I want to go and learn everything that Christ has already done. In Pasadena? Yeah. Oh, that's where my husband went. Really? Yeah, in Arch Heart. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you went to Fuller. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met Barry. <sighs> I know. I never even knew how you guys met. He was head of programming at Trinity Broadcasting, and I was invited to be a guest on a show one night, and mm. he met me at the door, but his friends were waiting to take him out for his birthday because it was his birthday dinner, but he didn't leave. He just kept staring at me. And, <laughs> <laughs> no and, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of bizarre. And that after that, we, we got together. We were supposed to have lunch, and we ended up having dinner, and we ended up seeing a movie, and we just became great friends. And then like a year and a half later, we got married. Mm. Oh, I love Barry. He travels with her. They travel everywhere. It's, it's, He's a mess. Oh. <laughs> so in this book, tell me, what do you want people to take away? Because you've written so many amazing books, and obviously you've walked the walk to be talking in this space. But for you, what is the thing that's going to rise them past the pain and disappointment? How can we do that? Well, I got lots of letters or, you know, Facebook comments from, from women over the years saying, you know, thanks for talking about mental illness. You know, I thought I was the only one. Um, thanks for sharing some of these things. But there was a kind of a common thread that I kept seeing of, but what now? 
you know, how do I move beyond this place? So when I started to, to write this book, I, I took a while just on the whole looking at my own heart. What were some, it's basically laid out like eight steps. What were the things that God used to move me forward? Mm. Um, and I wanted to make this really practical and really daily and really doable. So like the first step is simply have a gut level honest conversation with God where you don't edit yourself, where mm. you tell him exactly what you're angry about, what you're disappointed with, mm. what you don't believe. Because unless we, we think that God's big enough to handle everything that's going on inside, then we're not in touch with the God of the Bible. That's right. Amen. Mm. Amen. Wow. Okay, what's number two? Oh, gosh, you would ask me that. I don't have my notes here. Um, <laughs> you're like, get the book, people. You got to get the book. They can pre-order this book, though, right now, right? (laughs) Number one, number two. Well, I'll just tell you some of them. One of the things, one of my favorite um, steps is celebrate your scars as tattoos of triumph. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Say that again. That is so good. Celebrate. Celebrate your scars as tattoos of triumph. You're still here. I like that. You know, to me, God tells his story in scars. If Jesus chose to rise again with his scars, he didn't have to. He could have left all that behind. He mm. chose to rise with his scars. So why would we hide ours? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Oh, that is so good. Why do you think we do? Because we do. Yeah. Is it trust? I, sometimes I is think it it's like... a cross between thinking we have to be God's PR agents. You know, we want <laughs> God yeah. to look good, you know, mm. so we... Or, and part of it is just that we know that in so many circles we'll be judged. Right. You know, if you tell certain people certain parts of your story, it will change how they look at you, how they think about you. But to me, that's okay. I would rather have a few people who know me and love me than a bunch of people who don't really know me. Mm. You know, social media has led to a lot of, you know, you can say I'm being followed by however many people, but none of them would recognize you if they bumped into you in the street. That's right. So I think there's just a lack of of community. Mm. You know, to be able to have real community, we have to be able to tell the truth. Oh, yeah. Wow. So many people can just learn from us, from our experiences. Right. You know? no, no, absolutely, Barbara. Absolutely. I mean, that's to me one of the beautiful things that, like, I just before I came on the show, I was writing to a woman who's, um, she's finally got away from my marriage. It was just desperately abusive. And she said, I feel like such a failure at this point. Mm. And what I was saying to her is, listen, God doesn't waste a drop of your pain. He Mm, is mm, a redeemer. mm. And if you will give yourself time and patience with yourself, it will amaze you to see the way that God uses your scars Mm. to help somebody else who's coming behind you. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that statement you made. Like, if we don't trust that God can handle our scars, then we are not believing in the God of the Bible. If we do not trust that he can handle our deepest, darkest pain, insecurity, the shame that we live with, then we are not talking about the God of the Bible. So that is such a great reminder Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because everyone listening right now is dealing with something. Right. Like, let's not be fake. It's, It's everybody is. And it's like, oh, this book, so good. I can't wait to read it. Can we, where are you today? Like, how is Sheila Walsh today? You know, that, that's, that's a great question. I, you know, today I, is a good day because the weekend was not. <laughs> I sometimes, no, I sometimes go through these times where I think, you know, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. I'm now 62. That's 51 years of the faithfulness of God. Wow. And yet I still have days where 
like I said to my to Barry on Friday, I don't like myself today because I was just, you know, I was just <laughs> oh, short I get it. and, you know, just and I. So, I think we'll always wrestle with our humanity until we finally see Jesus face to face. We will wrestle with our humanity. But I'm I'm getting to become a really good friends with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, me too. Yes, I know. I I was raised as a Baptist where we were grateful that Jesus saved us and Mm -hmm. we loved God and we weren't sure where he kept the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there was this other guy. Right. Yeah. And then I was involved with some charismatic churches in London Mm -hmm. where it was just all like, you know, Puff the Magic Dragon stuff. You know, (laughs) just this incredible (laughs) stuff happening all the way. But what I've come to love just now is the comfort of the Holy Spirit, how he's mm-hmm. a comforter mm-hmm. and, and a leader and guides us. And I, every single morning now, before I leave mm-hmm. the house, I say, Holy Spirit, today, would you give me eyes to see what I'm going to miss and ears to mm-hmm. hear what's going on in somebody's heart rather than what's coming out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. He's just become this amazing companion. You know, we had um, Lisa Chan on in the Splash Zone, and she said similar what you're talking right now. She's like, we've got to be walking in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we ha- in order to be able to hear and be directed and guided and experience the people and the the situations that God wants to put in our path today, mm-hmm. we yeah. have to be walking in the Spirit. And it's so yeah. true because I was raised mm-hmm. in a Baptist church, and it's like you know the fear of God, and then you love that Jesus died for my pathetic self, and then there's this other guy, <laughs> right? Which exactly. is the Holy Spirit, and yet the yeah. Holy Spirit is what raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that dunamis mm-hmm. power. That lives yeah. in us when when we surrender our life to Christ. And yet yeah. you wonder why people aren't interested in the Christian faith. It's like, I'm not seeing any dunamis no. power coming out of Christians yeah. when I go places. And I'm going, yeah. but wait, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, that means that my body on earth right now as we're talking, Sheila, is connected mm-hmm. with the Holy of Holies in heaven. Isn't like that if that doesn't make you just pause for a second and just go, wait a second. Something that supernatural that I, the sinful, sucky Christian, is connected Mm -hmm. because of the Holy Spirit to angels that are saying, holy, holy, holy right now is the Lord God Almighty. That's just crazy. I know. I love what Sammy Rodriguez, um, a sweet friend of mine, said. He said he believes every time a believer walks into a room, the atmosphere should shift because of who lives in us. And I love that. Mm, (sighs) And so why isn't it? This is where I'm like, come on, church. Like, we're such wimps. Like, I don't know. Like, like, why are we not parting things and, and stuff happening? Or are we just missing it? Why are we not parting things? You I know, parted my hair this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, like the Red Sea or know, people coming back from the dead or walking out of lion's dens or these arc parting, you know, arc building, sea parting, lion taming adventures. Like, I believe God loves us as much as he loved the people in the Bible 2,000 years ago. And it's like, what? Because we're so busy trying to be okay, right? And isn't that what people are and, really trying to see in the church? They want to yeah. see the Holy Something, Spirit, the move. Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, and I think it, it's interesting because I mean, you travel a lot, Shalina, yeah. and I do too. And Western Christianity, to me, is too me-focused right. as opposed mm. to Christ-focused. Yes. And other countries where I go, I mean, I spend time. I just got back from Phnom Penh in Cambodia. Oh. Um, such heartache and such poverty, and yet such faith. Mm. The believers are alive. And I think it's because there's nothing, there's no point looking at themselves. There's nothing good going on there. So they focus on Christ. Mm. And that's my prayer that 
as the church in the West, we would take our eyes off ourselves, what mm-hmm. we think we're doing right or wrong, and fix them on Christ, who's already mm-hmm. finished the work. And, and if he lives in us, then mm-hmm. anything's possible. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Oh. You know, some there's so many people that struggle um, with not feeling good enough in some way. Yeah. So what advice would you have? for those struggling with not feeling good about themselves or not having enough? You know, I think it would be great if we had a little, like if we were born with a little like delete button on the side of our heads so that every time all those negative thoughts, you know, that we, we all have them. It's like, oh, I didn't lose that 10 pounds before I have to get in that black dress, which I'm now not <laughs> going to get in or I'm going to look like sausage stuffing. Were you just reading my or- mind? What were you doing too? <laughs> Wow. So many negative thoughts. And if we could just learn to hit delete and replace them with who God says we are. Mm. He says that we are chosen. He says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's, yeah. I mean, and it doesn't matter. In our culture in particular, we look at people that have greater curb appeal. You know, you're tall and thin and blonde and whatever. Mm. You know, God will use you. And we totally miss the beauty of this upside down kingdom that we live in that it doesn't matter whether you're I was reading a thing the other day by a guy called, oh, i never get this guy's name right, Miroslav Wolf, I think. And he was talking about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he was talking about people who've, like maybe people in wheelchairs or people who've gone through such great loss. And he said, at times it may appear a temple in ruins, but it is sacred space nonetheless. Mm. And I think when we can kind of get our eyes of what we think is right or wrong mm-hmm. with ourselves right. and fix our gaze on Christ. And then that changes how we see other people. You know, the more people I meet, you know, like the people that have struggled a lot or are or, or in a place um, like our guest RD and yeah. Jonathan and, um, oh man, it's just, they're experiencing so much life. I mean, being taught life Mm -hmm. where we just take things for granted, things that um, just come naturally or or, Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're just I I find that the people that are experiencing really trials and valleys in their life um, have so much are learning so much more about life, uh, the real life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know how to explain. No, it, but it, no, it's exactly no. You explained it well. You did You're absolutely right. Because it's we look at we look at them as broken. Yeah, but they're they're broken. But there's life to them. There's there's mm-hmm. joy in them. There's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. When I hear about your life, and even now hearing about what happened when you're a little girl, it makes me want to lean in and just glean wisdom. Yeah, like huge amounts of wisdom. You cannot stop sharing and writing, and I think that it empowers me more to be. I'm I'm very transparent, but there's things yep. I'm not transparent about right now because my parents are still alive or sure. I want to be honoring um, or things yeah. like that that I have to wait to share. But I'm talking about even myself just personally. Um, we, we were never meant to be worshipped or looked at. We were, we were meant mm-hmm. to have people see through us to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you are honest, um, that... God can actually transform through you and and splash on other people around you and and make ripples happen. It's absolutely insane. You know what? I, I think of that story when, when Christ encountered the blind man and he put mud on his eyes and he asked him, um, can you see now? And he said, well, I see people, but they're kind of like shapes. And so Christ washed his eyes again. 
and then he could see. I feel like that's the gift of brokenness. Like for the first 30 something years of my life, I, I just saw people as shapes. I have an answer for you. I have a verse for you. But when my life fell apart, it's as if Christ washed my eyes again. And then you don't see people as causes to be saved. You see them as people to be loved. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sheila, thank you so much for just jumping into the splash zone with us today. Um, I, I love mean, it. This is... I, I could literally have you on for hours. I just hearing you talk. I'm so glad you did your book on tape. I would like to know just one more thing. Yeah. Like, what do you hope, Sheila, that the... Um, the readers will take away from your book? Um, I guess a couple of things. I mean, I start by writing to my 21-year-old self and just saying, I wish I could have told you to get rid of that list of things you kept inside yourself, mm. of things you thought you had to do to be good enough for God. But I don't think I would have believed it back then because that's just what I thought. And so I've tried to write this rather than me as a person standing on a platform or a pulpit speaking down. I've tried to make it like, let me, let me just walk right beside you. Let me sit beside you and let's walk through this together. One of the things I wrote about is called God in the hallway. What do you do? And it feels like every door in your life has been slammed in your mm. face. And But what I discovered is Jesus is in the hallway. I mean, there's nothing that you and I can walk through today or tomorrow or any of your listeners that Christ does not long to be not just present, but for us to recognize that he is present. He is right with us. Mm. 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 I I asked Sheila, just for our amazing listeners, Mm. if she would take us out in a song because, Barbara, I'm dying for you to hear her sing. Um, So I know this is acapella and I know that this is just off the hook in the splash zone, but is there a song you can just close us with today? Sure. I was just in Nashville last week recording three new um, songs. And let me just do it. I mean, this is daft. I'm sitting in my office here I in Euless, Texas. Woo! But yeah, uh, let me just sing a little bit of this. Okay. I would love it. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. Touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, I call you waymaker, miracle worker, Mm. promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Oh, splash with that today. That's right. Get out of the nosebleed and come (laughs) to the splash zone. (laughs) Sheila. Thank you, you so much. We love you. Bless you. Can't love wait to you. see you soon. I, you know, can't wait. Bye. 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 Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. Th- this time. Woo. She just. Ah. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. I feel like this time with Sheila reminded us that we're not alone mm-hmm. in our struggles, mm-hmm. in our pains, um, that actually when we try to hide 
or frost and manure cake and mm-hmm. pretend like we're good, mm-hmm. that we're not allowing the power yep. of God to actually handle our situation by admitting it, sharing it, letting our splash hit other people so that we can move through it. Mm-hmm. God wants to deliver us from it, not have us camp there, you know? That's and right. she just completely reminded me of this. So thank you for joining us today. We are so grateful for our listeners and the wonderful responses you've shared with mm-hmm. us on thank how you. we've splashed you. And that's actually splashing us. I'll be really that's honest. Right. Barbara and I, I feel know. so refreshed. So if you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, or SoundCloud, and follow us on Instagram at The Splash Podcast. And until next episode, keep splashing one day at a time. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.